Well, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, everybody. This is Scott Schilling Speaks. I'm your host, Scott Schilling. Really excited about today's show because you got somebody that's got such practical knowledge that can help in so many different ways. She's a speaker. She's a trainer. She's a survivor as a mom of a daughter being murdered and sexual abuse in her own uh, y- younger years, a multi-million dollar team builder within direct sales and the author of coffee saved my life with all of that i've got to find out about the book so anyway lindsay buholtz Buholz, sorry i got a dog all of a sudden barking in the background it was quiet until we started lindsay buholtz thanks for joining me here today absolutely scott thank you so much for having me you know it has been a super exciting adventure with coffee saves my life just launching in the last few weeks and getting to just branch out and talk to people that are reading the book, that are messaging me daily, sharing what they're taking back from the book and where we're going with that. So I'm excited to get to be here today with you and, and share with you all of those things that are happening. So let's, let's start with the book as long as we're on the topic. Tell us the foundation of the book and give people a little bit of scoop inside it. Absolutely. So Coffee Saves My Life really is a memoir to everything that I have been through from a very young age. Um, At five, my first memories of sexual assault, to visiting my dad in prison at the penitentiary, to living all the way up to the point of my daughter's murder. You know, I remember really so many people telling me in my life that I needed to share this story, that other people needed to hear it, but I really had never had anything happen that really prompted me to go do that. But then this book was born out of just that. Mother's Day 2017, my oldest daughter was murdered and it changed my life as anyone could imagine. But I went backwards. I was in the depths of darkness and despair. I was living with anxiety and depression. I was gaining weight to nearly 300 pounds and I was contemplating ending my life. That day I was driving down the interstate. I can still remember to this very moment the exact exit that I was at, 60th Street on Interstate 80 in Omaha, Nebraska. There was a semi on both sides of me and I had decided that this was it. This was the moment that I was going to end my life and end this pain. But I prayed one last time and I said, Lord, I don't want this pain. I don't want this anxiety. I can't live with this depression. And I need you to prove to me that I have a purpose here on this earth or I'm leaving. In that moment, I looked in my rearview mirror and behind me, there was a van, a van that I could clearly see was full of a family and children. And it stopped me. It stopped me in my tracks. Even right now, the energy that is running through my body and just reminiscing on that moment. But it showed me, it showed me that I had a purpose. It showed that my purpose was really in God's eyes to go out and share it with other people. Because if I could find a way to get through this darkness, I could help anyone else get through it as well. And that's where it was born from was just that moment and a product being introduced to me that would in turn save my life. I, at the time was, um, highly dosed on anxiety and depression meds and just did not feel like I was living each day. But when I found a product that started to not only help me lose weight, but helped me start combating that anxiety and depression. And by day four, I was out of bed and I was facing life. I had done my hair and my makeup. And then I started to see what it was doing for my family. I dove in, I went head deep and I thought, okay, well, I asked to be led and this is where I'm being led. So let's do that. That's absolutely awesome. You know, I, th- I think it's, it's interesting. It, you know, we were talking a little bit early before we came on air officially. And it's amazing that, that God's plan and, and timing is perfect. But in the heat of the moment, those events just don't seem to, 
you know, you got to team it with, with another great lesson from that great uh, sales manual that says, all things work together for my good. Well, if all things work together for my good and you've just been through these horrendous events, it's amazing that, that you had the spirit to be able to pull the positives out of that or pull the, the lessons from it to be, know that you should help other people with it, right? Absolutely. You know, and that really came, there was a time in my life that I was asked to present about this product. I was asked to share at a company conference about my testimony. You know, what was this product? What had it done for me? What was it like before? And what was it like after? And it was really another catalyst in me sharing my story and branching out and ending up writing Coffee Saved My Life to get it into the hands of others. I was walking into that conference that morning and Les Brown was, was at the door greeter. He was the door greeter. And he looked at me and he said, good morning, Lindsay, you smell like fresh money. And I was like, Les Brown knows my name and I smell like fresh money. Like, I don't know what that means, but I will take it. And I remember just sitting there floating on cloud nine, all of these times in my life that I had let things hold me back, or maybe I wasn't confident in sharing my story at that time. But Les Brown just told me that I smell like fresh money. What does that mean? And so I got on stage that day and I shared my story. I shared my testimony about what this product had done for me. And I got off the stage and Les Brown grabbed me by the arms and he looked me in the eyes and he said, Lindsay, you were made for that stage. You were born to be on that stage. And I was like, I hear you universe. I hear you loud and clear. And although I'd toyed with the idea and I'd picked up a pen and a paper and I'd written several times the what I thought the title would be of the book and started that first chapter, I kept shelving it. And something for that next year of what Les Brown said to me kept resonating with me. And so we went through all of this, which back to perfect timing, right? It's clear that I wasn't ready to write it a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. And last spring, I was sitting in a conference, um, an eWomen's Network meeting conference, and there was a speaker that just engaged me. I was listening to everything that she said, and it really resonated with me. And so I reached out to her and I decided that I was going to jump in and, and learn from her. I wanted to learn from what she had to say. And one of the chapters in the book called Sharks and Seagulls was born out of that mentorship with her. And it really was the culmination of my entire life. You see that morning in Mexico, I was sitting on the beach. I was enjoying my coffee. I was watching the waves come in, the sun come up. There were seagulls flying over the water. And as beautiful as it was and as peaceful as that moment was, there was this vision that I kept having of a shark breaching the water, snatching the seagull and taking it away. And I went back that day and I sat down with Michelle and I started talking about that with her. And what we realized is that it was a tie. It was a, it was a, a story tie from my entire life, right? Things would be good, things would crash. Things would be really good, things would crash. Right. And it was a tie that was still following me 37 years later that every time something started to go really well in my life, I was sitting there waiting for the bottom to fall out. And so I needed to figure out how do I stop the bottom from falling out? And if I can't, how do I move forward very quickly from that and never go back to that place of darkness and despair where I had been one too many times before? And what that really led to was being present and paying attention to all of those things in perfect timing. Matter of fact, one more short story I'll share with you about perfect timing is as the book is coming to an end, we have one chapter left to write in, the, in my book and I'm headed off to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee to a women's retreat with 62 other amazing women. 
And it was originally set that Oprah was going to be one of our speakers. Now I knew that and I couldn't share it with a lot of people and it, it didn't work out. It didn't work out that Oprah ended up being one of our speakers. And I had, I had banked a lot on that. I thought, here's one way to end this book, sharing how I've gone through all of this. I fought through it. And now I'm going to speak and, and share a stage with Oprah because I'd been asked to be a presenter at the same event. When Oprah didn't show, we moved on, right? Not that she didn't show when she, when it didn't work out in her schedule, we went on with our life as it was, but I could have showed up and been like, oh, well, there it goes. There goes the last chapter of my book, the bottom's falling out. But what I decided to do was just let, let life happen as it would. And in that, um, those of us that were there faced a great tragedy and it really changed the entire trajectory of the end of the book but it reminded me of exactly what my purpose was and why we're here. And so I, I'm pretty excited for everyone to get their hands on it and get to read that last chapter to see what really changed and how I found what my purpose really was, because it didn't just happen that day on the interstate. It's continued in God's perfect timing all along. Well, and that's the way it is. You, you've got to be, uh, he sends hints along the way, you know, it, Hence, you, you start to make the progress, you think you're back on track, and then all of a sudden it's a, uh, wait a second, this is a little more difficult than it was just a little bit ago. And then all of a sudden, another one of those uh, pieces of favor or grace show up, and you go, oh, what was I thinking? You know, let me, let me just make sure that you, you stay there on course and, and are really um, staying on your purpose and, and everything else. That's what, quite frankly, it's why I love doing these shows. Not, not only do I get to hear your stories, but it, it really pulls compared to my life, which hopefully people are taking that from you too. Just really being able to take and, and run these comparisons and say, you know what, gosh, I've had that, maybe not at that level or maybe that not that event, but I've had some of those things too. Just think what I could do. Now, you've chosen to take it. And I notice I said, you've chosen to take those not so nice things in your life and turn them into something of learning value for others. Why do you think that is? Why is that so important to you? Two things that I heard very early on in my life. One, God says I'm worthy. Who am I to say that I'm not? I knew all along from a very, very young age, I had the ability to light up a room. I had the ability to entertain people. I could make people laugh. I could make people cry and I could bring them back around. And I just hadn't pinpointed it yet. I hadn't figured out that it truly was a gift that I was given to be able to share with others. You know, one of my mentors said, um, tough times don't last, but tough people do. Yep. And when I heard that, I'm like, I, I was born to be a tough person. And because I'm a tough person, if I don't find a way to work through all of this to show others, then I was going to see a lot more of what I also share in my book. A few chapters of finding my uncle after his suicide, uh, my best friend hanging up the phone after promising me that she would not take her own life. And five minutes later, she took her own life. I knew that I was down that path from a very young age. You know, I remember in my junior year of high school, we were asked to give a presentation, a speech that would touch people, a speech that would impact people. And we had to present it in a way that people would remember. And to this day, people still remember it. But I look back then on what I was being prepared for and what I would go through in my life. And that speech I gave was on suicide awareness and prevention. Wow. For someone who has been touched so many times in my life by suicide, and not only that, but my own suicidal ideations, who was I to not take that sign and remember to share it with others? 
you know, I found that light and I've gotten out of that darkness. And I'm not going to say that times still don't get tough, right? We all have tough days. But I know now, especially after the reviews that are coming in, almost every single one of them has said, you saved my life. You inspired me. Now I know I can fight these demons. You've given me hope. You've showed me that there is a way. And here I sat thinking that these things in my life were going to take me out. But to read your story and see what you've done, Lindsay, you've saved me. So thank you. And it is those exact testimonials that really has me here today, that has me continuing to share what Coffee Saved My Life really is all about. Because yes, it's a hard read. Yes, it's a story of someone who was never given anything on a silver spoon, someone that had to fight and battle through everything. But I'm no different than anybody sitting here listening with us today, Scott. We all face those things. And if I can just be a little glimmer of that light to show them that there is always light after that darkest of nights, or days that they face, then that's what I'm here on this earth to do. I think that's absolutely awesome. You know, you said, who am I to, to not be worthy when God says I'm worthy? And uh, it's it's interesting because I happened to uh, be watching America's Got Talent last night and a woman sang a song titled Worthy. And, and it was so uh, moving. And I think that that's a, that's a big thing. We, we've come through this pandemic. We we still are trying to figure out the rules in many cases around the country or around our, our own areas or things like that. And um, so we're, we're up against our own unique set of challenges. I, I think this time frame that we're in and having to live through all this has really on one side helped make people far more aware of their stories being of value to other people because so many people are finally discussing that, you know, it's kind of like they enough is enough. I want to, you know, I want to get through this and do this. So they're sharing uh, their situations now, but you've come through some really hard things. Is it uh, a friend of mine says, pick your heart, you know, being successful is hard. Being in the dumps is hard. Pick your heart. So is that a matter of you just picking your heart? You know, I would say, Scott, that it's actually a matter of me never forgetting where I came from. You know, I think about often um, last last summer, summer before, um, here I was, I was running a multi-million dollar sales team. My first time in my life, I was earning $25,000 a month in income. And yet I was still shopping at garage sales and I was still working at the bar one night a week meeting new people and getting to be a light in their lives. Because I learned at a very, very early age at 14 when I got my first job, how much I loved being face-to-face -face with people, having those conversations, even if it was in the checkout line, greeting them, telling them to have a good day, making jokes about the carrots they purchased with the, with the Scooby snacks, right? Whatever it was, I learned at a very young age that being around people and with people was something that I really enjoyed. But in that, <laughs> excuse me, a few years ago, someone very wealthy that I had looked up to has said to me, like, they were almost like making fun of me. Like, you're a $25,000 a month earner and you're still going to garage sales. I'm like, yep. And guess what? I still check out Goodwill every Monday when the new stuff arrives too, because I will never, ever forget where I came from. The moment that I forget where I came from is the moment that I'm headed right back there. And so I need to be reminded of that. And so I just choose to take all of those things 
let them be a reminder and let them be a stepping stone to the next thing that's coming. Because what it has done for me in my life has allowed me to continue to step out into my own, step up into my next greatness. But with that, I can offer my hand to the next person that needs to step up with me. Well, that shows a great deal of empathy and the ability to relate to other people, which I have to believe is one of the reasons you've built multi-million dollar teams in direct sales is you, you can feel people where they are. Is that part of it all? Absolutely. You know, when I first got into the industry, it started out as just, you know, I was a young mom and I needed to make ends meet and I needed a little bit of an income. And of course I'd been with a few companies and never had really done a whole lot. I could sell, I could, I could meet people, I could greet people and I could have some award-winning sales, but I hadn't quite figured out how to build a team yet. And really when I figured that out, it all came because I was a corporate employee. I was one of the tax assessors for the county. I had a very busy, demanding job. And here I was dealing with the loss of my daughter. So through that, I was rightfully so missing a lot of work and going through all of these things. And several months later came the trial for the man who had killed my daughter. And I put in for that time off. I submitted for that PTO and it was denied because I was out of hours. I had no hours left on someone else's schedule to go be present, to be there to see justice done for my daughter. And that really hit me. That hit me in a way that I was like, put my foot down and I said, like, no, this, this isn't what life's supposed to be about. This right. is supposed to be about time freedom and financial freedom and being there to be able to show up for our families. And so I put in my notice. I mean, I had a job that most people would dream of having and I walked away from it. I walked away from it all. And I just drew that line and I said, no, I'm going to do this. And that was the moment that really everything changed in my network marketing business because I was no longer just a team member. I was no longer just someone there to sell the product. I was someone there who had been through all of this, who had lived through someone telling me I couldn't have a day off, that now I could relate with them. And now I could go out and share that story. And in sharing that story in that light, I found that what I'd always wanted all of those years when I was being signed on to these companies and then my upline was disappearing and no one was there to help me is that that's exactly what I was looking for was someone to guide me. And I knew that I could be that person for others. And so I dove in two feet, no parachute, ready to go, walked away from my job and started full-time in the industry. That's, that's awesome. I, and that brings out a, a great Les Brown leap and the net appears. Right. No, and if it doesn't, like you will find a way to bounce back. Like if there's, there's always, always a way through, you know, we talk about sometimes, and actually I was just on a training yesterday with an amazing mentor. And he was saying like, some of us go through like thinking that we need a, a degree or we need all of this education to be able to go out and share our story and impact lives. And he said, like, you've got to, You've got an associate's in abandonment, Lindsay. You've got a bachelor's in being beaten. You've got a doctorate in dominating after all of these things have knocked you out. Now I have a degree. I have numerous degrees and it yeah. still wasn't fulfilling to me. All those years later, here I thought I wanted to be a social worker and go out and work with the children just like me who'd grown up in the foster care system or who'd grown up being abandoned. But I found that my purpose was so much bigger and that there were so many more people that I could touch. And so yeah, I have that degree. And, and did I need it? No, no, I didn't need that. What I needed was the life lessons, working through them and taking those lessons, taking that pain and 
being the one to find out for myself, what was that purpose? And when I figured that out, secret sauce that it is, it's really just working through it. When I turned my pain into purpose, my passion was born. And that's why I'm here today. Totally, totally agree. It's one of the reasons I went into the speaking business full-time, speaking and training and coaching. Um, I had same thing, had a, had a very nice job that anybody would die to, die to have. But I felt like I was granted talents and capabilities beyond that. And quite frankly, I was told that by Jack Canfield, Mark Victor Hansen, when they heard me speak and you sit there and you go, okay, so I'm going to go out and get the mentors that can help me on that path. And I said the same thing to every one of my mentors uh, as we first started our, our time together. Give me everything you got and I won't keep it. I'll share it with my students. And, and I've been very blessed that they did that. And it's amazing when you find that, um, you know, like I love doing these shows. Now, whether they're the, they're the greatest shows in the history of ever or not is really irrelevant. It's love doing it because I love lifting people like you up in your story. It's such an important story to get out there and give you every potential opportunity to do that. So um, I don't know where I got it, why I got in that exactly, but it just, you know, it's, it's exciting to, to hear how you've developed your purpose. And the reality is everybody's got their, their own why, correct? And, and I know it's sometimes a little overplayed. And, well, you got to know your why. But the reality is you got to know your why. Why do you do what you do, right? Absolutely. And, you know, with that, just to tag along with that, Scott, is that not only do you have to know your why, it doesn't even matter what that why is. As long as that why is always stronger than a why not to, then you will come back to it. And so I'm reminded of that often. I mean, business is business, right? There's ebbs and flows. Sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down and it's, it's always evolving and growing. But even my why has changed because it started out of my desire to no longer have to answer to a corporate boss. But what it's grown into is that, especially for someone who's lived through domestic violence, I found that now I have a way to be able to help someone who is maybe living in that situation now, work from their phone, be able to earn an income, to be able to earn a residual monthly income and help them provide for their family. Because the number one excuse that we make when we're in those situations, the number one excuse I made that I share about in all those details in my book is that I couldn't afford to leave. And so I stayed. And so not only do I have being present in my children's life, then I add in, well, I can teach others, other women who have been through exactly what I've been through, how they can help get out of that situation. I've lived through it with my son's story. You know, my son was struggling with numerous behavior issues and things. And I watched this same product change his life in a point that the, within a week, the school counselor was emailing me saying, what did you change? Like, he's a completely different kid. He's fun to be around. He's focusing. He's sitting still. He's listening. Yeah. He's not arguing. Now I can help people that are struggling with that. And it just keeps evolving. I just keep adding to it. And I just know that my, my why will always be bigger than my why not. And then I can't fail. I love that. I, I love the why being bigger than the why not. You know, being able to take and, and help people understand that, that they're Absolutely awesome, because if they are part of the creator or the creator is part of them, he doesn't make junk. You know, I mean, you're good stuff. And 
some not so good stuff might happen to you, but you yourself are awesome stuff and, and can be that change agent to anybody and everybody. You know, I think of um, Mother Teresa a lot in situations like this from the standpoint of, I love the quote, if you can't feed a hundred, feed one. And the reason is because everybody, no matter what their story is, I mean, you've had a, let's say a not such fun story, right? You've had a lot of different things go on and yet you've been able to use that as the catalyst to have you help so many other break through. How does that feel? You know, it, it brings up in me, almost makes me a little bit emotional to think the first meeting that I had with my publisher, she asked me like, Lindsay, what is your intention with this book? And I told her if I can save one more person, just one more person, if I can help one family not go through what we went through after the suicide in our family, if I can help one woman find hope after going through domestic violence, if I can help one child who has felt abandoned or left behind feel like they are worthy, then, then that's enough for me. And what I found after thousands of copies sold is that it's going to help way more than one person. And maybe I, even in that moment, wasn't believing in my own story or wasn't believing in what the possibilities were, but I get to watch them happen now. And I get to see the sales come in and I get to see for me, really the, my favorite part of it all are those messages, the messages that come back in that allow me to connect with people on that personal level, whether it's because they've shared a similar story of mine, whether it's because they're in the industry or not, whatever it is, and just getting to have those connections with them and grow from that. It really is just going out there. My only hope was to impact one person. And that dream and that desire to save one person's life is saving thousands. Well, isn't that the, the foundation of it all? Like I said, the, the, if you can go out there and, and share a story that changes that one person's life, the ripple effect is, is so much broader than that. And that's why it's cool to see what you're doing and then take it even that much further into successful teams and all that. What's the, the best way to build a team when you're coming together, all presenting the same product, but how do you build that support within a team? What, what's your secret sauce? You know, really for me, it's just being there for them and never letting it be about what I can do for them, but more so how I can serve them. You know, there are more times than not that I send a customer to a downline, that I send a prospect to a downline to join with them, to help them build. Because someone had to do that for me at one point in my life, whether it was my coach that said, you know what, I see something great in you, like, don't give up, but you need to be to practice on time or whatever it is, right? right? Someone saw that in me. And if I can give someone, maybe they don't have the belief in themselves just yet. But my job is to lend them my belief in them until they can garner their own. And that's really what I go out and do with my team is I give them every single step that I've taken to find my success. I share with them everything I've learned from my mentors, from my coaches, from those people that I've met in my life. And I give them every tool that they need to truly be successful. When they join with me, they don't get left alone. They always have access to me and the ability to link arms to grow to whatever that is that it looks like for them. That's awesome. I mean, I, I, that is, we were talking a little bit about uh, Coach Fry before we started. 
that is one of the greatest things coach fry and it's one of my favorite stories you know he said he said boys when you get into the end zone two things number one make sure you look like you've been there before and you're going to be there again and don't celebrate until the rest of the people that helped get you there are there it's a team men i mean to this day I, I watch uh, college players do certain things and I go, Oh my God, would coach have them running. <laughs> and that Sorry. is definitely a huge part of it is that so many times we see ego and greed and all of these things take over in the industry where people think it is about them, where they think it is only them that got it there, where they try to keep things to themselves and they only let certain people have access to that info. But if God says we're all worthy, then who am I to say that one person or the next should or shouldn't have access to that info? I'm going to give everybody everything that I have, whether they benefit my team directly or whether they're a sideline, because in the end, I mean, isn't it? Everybody says it now, especially it's come out in the times we've been living in. We're stronger together. And it, it really is how I've lived my entire life is being stronger together and knowing that when we stick together, when we help each other see those successes and when we clap for others, that's when our success will grow, too. Well, it, it's undoubted that's why you're a champion because the, the champions are the team players that, that pull it all together and, and lift each other up um, for the greater good. You know, it, that's why we get personally, my platform is to, to return respect, honor, and dignity to the, to the world. You know, let's treat people. Respect is how I treat you. Honor is how I lift you up. Dignity is how I feel after all that's been done. That's why I love, again, love doing these shows. And I love giving people a platform to be able to share their thoughts so that they can serve more people. Not everybody has the, the wherewithal or the ability to know how to do this. Well, you know, the reality is let's give everybody the, the opportunity that we can. And certainly somebody is, is uh, game changing as you are uh, from that from that side. Greatly appreciate you being here. How do they get a hold of the book? How do they get a hold of you? Uh, I can't believe we've done this so quickly. We did. We went, we went through it very fast, but thank you so much, Scott, for having me here today. You can get your copy of Coffee Saved My Life at coffeesavedmylife.com. It is available in Kindle and paperback edition. You can also find me on Facebook, Lindsay Boo Boltz. Name is on the screen. Hopefully you're seeing that for correct spelling. Um, you can also check out my website for my success coaching and the products at lindsayboobolts.com. Awesome. Well, we truly appreciate you being here today. Uh, again, this is going to be spread through podcast and through video, through OTT networks, a variety of different places. So uh, we want people to get a hold of the book, get a hold of you, and uh, got to have you back on again another time. You game? Absolutely. I'm always game. You know what? The one thing that I love about you, Scott, is that our missions align. Helping others is how we can best serve. And I'm here to do that whenever you need me, my friend. Awesome. I look forward to it. Well, thank you all for joining us here on Scott Schilling Speaks. And we'll see you again tomorrow, exact same time. God bless.